Before we do anything today, before we even introduce the podcast, we have to address the elephant in the room. Yes, Movie Pass has folded. It is no more. We mourn you, Movie Pass. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now, me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. And. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed On Movies. I am Teddy. I am Matt. And we are here tonight to discuss the movie Hustlers, to discuss a few other things we've seen recently, but first of all, to discuss the death of Movie Pass. We hardly knew you. Mm, that's not true. We knew that we knew Movie Pass. So Movie Pass is like like this X. <laughs> I used repeatedly knowing I should end it that I was really not being kind and just <laughs> kept using and using and using until I finally called it off and then I kept thinking maybe I should text him now maybe I should give them another chance maybe I should do this because I would reinstall the app and think maybe I can find a way to do this again and then I was like no <laughs> it's not worth it when yeah, movie uh, pass too well. Movie pass is that X that you know you you want to see them doing well, but at the same time, when you when you see them flounder here and there, <laughs> when you see them flounder, you have to you have to laugh. You have to take a little I have joy to in it. Maybe. Um, on the real, it is a bummer. Movie pass changed movie going briefly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we saw we both saw a ton of movies off Movie Pass. I can't even remember how many. It was like sixty or something for me. Um, yeah, it was a lot. It was a whole. It, it was so so worth the money, and um, it indirectly inspired us to start this podcast. You know, got us back in the theaters, had us thinking. You know what? Everyone should be out in the theaters, and. Um, you know, it changed the industry. It got AMC to open up their subscription, which is what's keeping us afloat these days. So yes. we don't have to pay for all those tickets. Um, so we do think of it fondly. But <laughs> judging by its last, what it was like on its last legs, we're not entirely sad to see it go. No, it got pretty bleak and it got real shady. So... This is what you get when you forcibly change people's passwords. You have to shut down. Um, I'm fine with that at that point. But it is sad. Oh my god, this is like a manipulative ex that was trying to win you back every step of the way, <laughs> but never could, and you kept almost giving in. You know what? The narrative has changed, Movie Pass. I no longer <laughs> feel bad for toying with you all, all those months. You toyed with us. You toyed with our hearts, Movie Pass. You promised us so much. And you gave so much at the beginning and then you just started to ask more and more and eventually we just couldn't keep up and it breaks our heart to do this but we have to say goodbye goodbye movie pass goodbye all right um in slightly better news uh the trailer came out today for hidden gems which is the latest Sappy Brothers. The trailer came out today for (laughs) Hidden Gems. Don't worry, we'll edit that out. Um, (laughs) Trailer came out today for Hidden Gems, the latest Sappy Brothers joint. 
we both said thir- hidden gems both times. Scott, <laughs> I have it written down as him. Why did I do this? <laughs> that actually has to be the cold open intro. I don't care. <laughs> Just that that entire exchange. Um, the latest trailer for uncut gems came See, out if you if you were just more like into like the grinder universe you would never forget uncut ever <laughs> this would just come naturally to you oh my oh my <laughs> nothing about uncut comes naturally but that's literally wait. the opposite of true <laughs> god damn i'm just i'm just whiffing it okay all right all right wait no way you i mean you got the name right that time this is what happens when I actually try to like do organization before this podcast. Okay. But yes, the latest trailer for Uncut Gems came out today. It is the latest Safety Brothers joint. We both thoroughly enjoyed their last film. Um, you know, that one. <laughs> um, excellent, excellent chronology that we both saw. Um, starring... Richard Patminson. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was really intense. It was very uh, like heart pounding. And it seems from the trailer that this movie is going to be a lot of the same. Only this time we've got Adam Sandler as the lead. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's got Adam Sandler. Also, Kevin Garnett. And <laughs> Adina Menzel. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. Lakeith Stanfield. Great. Yeah, Lakeith, I, saw, <laughs> like, I didn't even know he was going to be in this. So but, it's all great. The weekend's involved somewhere. You yeah. know what? He actually shows up, and they've got his music in there too. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's there's a lot going on in this trailer. It's really not entirely apparent where this film's going, but it looks like it's going to be really exciting. It looks uh, like Adam Sandler gets punched in the face at least once, um, just from that one little clip. So great. That's something we've all been waiting for. Love it. Uh, um, he also looks genuinely very good in it, and all reviews yeah. say that he was very good in it, all the early reviews. So Absolutely. There, there are people out there who are like, wait a minute, what if this is how Adam Sandler gets an Oscar? <laughs> Like, oh, okay. The de- okay, if I mean if the Safty brothers can land an Oscar in any capacity, I'm happy. I'm so, all for it. I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah. So that's great. Uh I'm here. Although I will say Robert Pattinson was not even it just it makes me mad. Robert Pattinson deserved more attention for his performance in good time. So if Adam Sandler gets it. I'm not forgiving someone. I don't know who yet, but someone won't be forgiven. Anyone who didn't pay attention to good time, uh, they're the ones who need forgiving. And you can earn your forgiveness by going out to see good time as soon as you can. Uh, it's a fantastic movie. And t- thoroughly redeems any doubts you might have about Robert Pattinson as an yeah, actor. Yeah, but if you had those still in like 2018, 19, then you, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, all right. So some of us didn't watch a lot of his other movies other than the Twilight film. So all right. well, that's a mistake. In other Robert Pattinson news, um, this week, uh, the the emoji set for the film Lighthouse has been released. So uh, this is this is the new 
movie that Robert Pattinson is going to be in. Um, I don't know when it comes out. Do you? Uh, but it's I'm very much looking forward the to lighthouse? it. Lighthouse? It's yeah. uh it's like a few weeks away. It's like October 16th or something. Oh, excellent. Oh, October excellent. 18th. Yeah. Yes. Very much looking forward to this. Uh, it just like every trailer for this has looked absolutely insane and inscrutable. So I've got no idea what we're going to be walking into, but it's going to be fun. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. What? But what? what? Huh? The, the emoji the, set is out. Yes, the news the news that came out this week is that a emoji app has been released for the film. It's got all sorts of weird emojis based off of uh, Willem Dafoe's character and Robert Pattinson's character, and then all sorts of other weird nautical things that you might find around the lighthouse. Uh, it's it's <laughs> really weird. spooky mermaids and spooky mermaids, octopus legs uh just all sorts of stuff uh it's very weird it's kind of creepy it's a very fun way to surprise people in an iMessage thread by just suddenly dropping some weird emoji please just use the seagull screaming sticker everywhere i want that to be like (laughs) a thing that everyone does all the time um yeah, it's great. I love this emoji set. It's like the highlight of my week. Other than some other Robert Pattinson related news, which is that Jonah Hill is in talks to star opposite him in The Batman. So I'm just saying it's been an all around good week for Robert Pattinson. He's got a lot happening right now. We sh- I love him. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good times for our Pats coming ahead. Ooh. I might say he is having a good time. It's always a good time. So, um, one final little bit of movie news before we move into stuff that we've been watching. Uh, I don't even know if this counts as news. This is just like the sort of weird shit that goes online in movie Twitter. Um, but, uh, so the, the film Goldfinch came out a couple weeks ago. Um, it, this was a, like a pretty highly anticipated movie. I thought that even had a little bit of Oscar buzz going, but, uh, it's, been pretty thoroughly panned by critics it's got like a 23 percent on rotten tomatoes right now and um the reviews are so bad that uh ansel elgort actually took to instagram and like has posted several videos when he he just like he doesn't like so some of the articles say he like slams critics for negative reviews or he calls out film critics, but it's not even like that. It's more, he's like, you know, like people are saying that there's bad stuff in here and you know, these reviews are well-written and fair enough, but you know, there's a lot of good stuff in this movie too. And a lot of people seem to like it. So uh, I think people should go out and see it. And it's just like, this video has so resonated with a lot of people on Twitter that everyone is now like posting positive reviews about the movie, just uh, on like Letterbox and uh, Rotten Tomatoes, just saying like I'm giving this five stars just so Ansel Elgort doesn't cry. <laughs> Poor Ansel Elgort, or Ansolo. Ansolo. Poor Ansolo. Um, we're pulling for you. Fun fact: Ansel Elgort's song "Thief" was one of my top played songs of whatever year it was that it was released. So I love you, Ansel. You were the soundtrack to a lot of weird angsty drives for some reason. It's not even an angsty song. It's a happy, upbeat dance pop song or whatever. Um, But you were. So big fan. Also, I loved Baby Driver. Kill me. Yes. I love Baby Driver. (laughs) Great movie. Um, You were very good in it. Don't touch me, Kevin Spacey. (laughs) Oh, oh. Oh, no. 
that um, doesn't that didn't age well so no. um, <laughs> um we're pulling for you ansel um, we are i'm sorry that this hope... movie wasn't good yeah the book but... was good and that i don't know what to tell you <laughs> no not everything um, should be adapted yeah it it happens um well we know he's he's gonna pull it out he's gonna bounce back from this He's got a good career sure, ahead of him. He's famous. I don't know. He'll be fine. Yeah. He was on a John Green adaptation. He said. <laughs> All right. So um, when we talk a little bit about stuff we've seen recently, just, you know, general stuff before we get into our major review of tonight, which is Hustlers. Um, you mentioned that you'd seen the movie Freaks, which is something I didn't get the chance to see because it's not showing anywhere around here. But please enlighten me. Yeah, so it's actually only showing in like one theater, even in New York, which is pretty crazy for a, a movie in New York City. Um, usually you can find it at least a couple. Um, in a movie yeah. like this, you can usually find in some of the smaller ones. Um, so Freaks is is a sci-fi thriller movie, I would say. Um, has some tinges of horror, but it's mostly on the sci-fi and thriller side. And honestly, it's kind of like a like an X-Men movie at times. Um but it was directed by Zach Lepofsky and Adam B. Stein, who really aren't known for a ton. They did do the Kim Possible live action movie on the Disney Channel. Um, <laughs> of course, so, as we all know. Uh, one of them was in Xenon Girl of the 21st Century many years ago. So in? <laughs> in, in he was in it. He was actually a character called Matt. So I feel like <laughs> we are connected. Um, yes, absolutely. But, They've actually, in general, they've just done some work with Disney. I don't really know right. how they went from Disney to doing this, but, you know, they've they've done certain pilots before. They've been in various Disney TV shows here and there. Um, I don't understand how that happened, but whatever. Anyway, they came and did this movie, Freaks. And the plot of the Freaks, you sort of find out as it goes on, it's sort of like, because it, it it's revealed to you kind of slowly. Like, you know early on that the premise is very clearly that this guy played by Emil Hirsch, who I'm always happy to see in a movie, um, is hiding away with a little girl. And it, it's hard to tell if they're actually father and daughter, I will say. Um, it, there's a lot of like, oh, this he's like, remember what your name is and who are your parents and who who's yada, yada, yada. And she has to like just memorize all of this stuff. And that's sort of how you start is she's like trying to memorize this information about who her family is and stuff like that. Because the idea is that there are people outside of their house who want to kill them. Um, we don't know who those people are. We don't know why. But as the movie goes on, it's revealed there was an incident in like, I think it's Dallas. It's Dallas or Houston. I can't remember which, but um, the city was completely destroyed because of an incident revolving around a quote unquote freak, which is somebody who has some sort of big mutant powers. Essentially. It's sort of like an X-Men type thing. And all of the so-called freaks had to go into hiding or be shipped off somewhere. And you find out more about that. I don't want to give away any of the like mm -hmm. spoilery details. Um, and so what it is is that this little girl can't leave the house. Her dad will regularly go on like store runs to get like groceries and stuff that they need. Um, and you come to find out that yes, of course she is one of these like so-called freaks. And of course, so is he or else he wouldn't be hiding. Um, but there's more to it. You know, all we know is that her mom is dead. Um, but her spoiler alert, 
there's more to about the mom's death and everything that we don't know. So that's not that simple. Um, there's an ice cream truck man involved who may or may not be sinister. Um, <laughs> there's a family across the street who are like, kind of like Stepford wives at times and weird. Um, mm. There's a, another little girl who may be her friend and maybe isn't. It's a very strange movie. It's definitely like super low budget. And um, I think these directors are clearly angling for like maybe someday doing a bigger budget action movie. I think that's kind of what they want. Um, and they did a good job with their low budget that they had i thought it was good i was engaged the whole time it's not like super groundbreaking it combines a lot of like dystopian ya elements with a lot of like uh superhero elements it's a little grittier than a lot of superhero movies um like i mean obviously you kind of want to take the sides of these like these people who clearly didn't do anything to deserve being like shunned by society. Apparently they can't help it that they have these powers, but um, you also find out that yes, they are responsible for the deaths of like thousands and millions. So like maybe they're, you know, it's, it's not that simple. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, it's, yeah. so, you know, like it, it isn't like, you know, the X-Men where it's like very clearly the mutants should not be punished. Um, <laughs> right. um So, uh, it, you know, um, it's a, it's an interesting movie. It's worth seeing if you get around to it. Fortunately, it's not something you have to see on the big screen. So if you have to wait till it's on video on demand, that's fine. Yeah. Um. So if this does happen to be showing near you or wherever, uh, check it out. Unfortunately, the closest place to me it's showing is Baltimore. So uh, I think I'll be waiting for uh, video. Yeah. Don't go to Baltimore for it. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> um. No. I'll. Baltimore's fun, but don't do that. Um, Baltimore is fun. It is, yeah. Um, so um, that's all I've really. Well, actually, no. There is one other thing that I've seen in theaters recently, other than Hustlers. I saw um, Three from Hell, which is the latest Rob Zombie movie, and um, yeah, uh, we're both big Rob Zombie fans, of course. Uh, and uh, this movie follows in the path of his previous movies, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, um, following the Firefly family in their continuing criminal homicidal uh, streak across the country. And um, if if you've watched the previous movies, you'll know that um, uh, Devil's Rejects ends... On a bit of a down note for the Firefly family, it seems that they're uh, they're probably done for. But uh, without giving, <laughs> yeah, sure does. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so that's that's a bit of an understatement. Uh, without giving without giving away the end of Devil's Rejects, uh, they're pretty thoroughly fucked. But uh, they do manage to survive, apparently, according to this movie, and. Um, as you would expect, they managed to make it out of jail. Um, now, without again, without giving too much away, uh, Sid Haig's character, uh, Captain Spaulding, does not make it very far in this movie. Um, he's really only got like one to one and a half scenes in this movie. Uh, and I think it's pretty clear watching it that like, it was probably the health issues that m reduced his time in this film. It is. Um, I mean, that's been, that's been said. Um, yeah. They've talked about that. Yeah. 
unfortunately. Yeah. So like it, it's kind of clear why they killed him off. Uh, but it is very nice. I thought that he got to have a bit in this film, um, a, a a pretty fitting standoff, uh, uh, a pretty fitting send off of a scene that he got here. Um, Cause ultimately this is going to be his last movie. Uh, we just found out this week uh, that he is dead. He passed away uh, after like he, he was uh, he had an accident um, about a week before this movie came out. Um, so this is like the news of him going through this has sort of surrounded the release of the movie and um, all the uh, discourse about that. So, um, yeah, that's, it's been, uh, yesterday, actually, there, there was a lot of people talking about, uh, just memories of Sid Haig and, uh, the films he's been in. So it's, it's been nice to see the impact he's had on the industry. There was a huge outpouring of love for Sid Haig, I would say on Twitter. Um, and it was great to see, honestly. I mean, he's an icon of the horror industry and beyond. He's been around for a long time. I think we all know him now as like the Rob Zombie staple that he was, but right, he'd done right. a lot of stuff. You know, he had a he had close ties to Quentin Tarantino. So if you're a Tarantino fan, um, you like him. He'd had just like a lot of like weird credits in his past. He'd done a lot of random stuff. I think the cool thing about Sid Haig is that he was just like a walking example of like how awesome it can be if you just like do what you love and say, fuck the rest. Like, you don't need to like do like big budget like movies all the time. Just do the shit you want to do. And like he was so happy doing that and he genuinely loved it. And it was really awesome to watch every time. So he was yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Rest in peace, Sid Haig. Um, very nice to see um, just all, all the great stuff that people have to say about him. And um, it, I, I did like his scene in this movie. Um I like when I went to see it, I saw it the last night that it was showing, uh, because it only showed for three nights. And um he he was still alive at that point. So um hoping that he he at least got to see the uh the impact that his film his last film had and uh to see some of the reaction to it. I don't know if he was in any state to know about that, but hopefully. Um and to uh, to Rob Zombie's credit and the rest of the the people working on this film, I thought they did a good job of working around not being able to have him in the film as much. They had this uh, new character, new member of the Firefly family, pl- played by uh, Richard Brake, who was in uh, Rob's other movie, 31. And he did a good He's job of filling fucking- in. Yeah, he's good at playing fucking nuts. You know what? I'll tell you, him and 31. I, did you see 31? I, I actually just watched it the other night. Uh, that movie is pretty bad, but his like opening monologue shit is like the scariest mm-hmm. thing. I like it's really upsetting. Yeah, he is by far the best part of that movie. Yeah. Uh, I found I found it mostly enjoyable, but I can see that like it, it, it does fall a bit short of some of the other stuff that Rob Zombie's done um yeah it's but, just it's just a weird movie maybe we can talk about it someday it's just yeah. not it, there's a lot of like i don't know there's a lot i didn't like about the movie and <laughs> i don't know but he richard brake is cool he's and i'm glad to see him getting more and more roles as time goes on um yeah he was in mandy yeah. so oh yeah yeah i forgot about that he was yeah. the the chemist in mandy 
Uh, yes. So he's definitely playing in some weird films. Uh, yeah. It seems like he might become a part of the regular Rob Zombie ensemble after this, which would be nice. Well, he's and... been in a couple others because he was in um, he was in Halloween too, if I'm not mistaken, and he was oh, in Game of Thrones for yeah. a couple episodes. Yes, he so. was the Night King yeah. at one point. So, yeah. so he's he's getting up there, you know. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna be okay. Yeah, he's he's very good in this. He so like I had my doubts about them adding a new Firefly just to replace Captain Spaulding. And like his character is very different from Captain Spaulding, which is the like a, the first good part about it. But then the second good part is he like really nails it. He he fits in perfectly with um, Bill Mosley and Sherry Moon Zombie, and uh, they just they have good chemistry together. They play the same creepy but entertaining and homicidal characters as usual, and uh, it's a fun movie. It sort of continues with like the uh the road trip aesthetic that we got in the latter half of uh uh Devil's Rejects. Love but, that. But uh, it I takes it, it to some fun places. So uh yeah, uh, basically if you're a Rob Zombie fan, you're going to like this movie. I don't know about <laughs> If you're not a Rob Zombie fan, you probably won't like it. Yeah. It's the sort of thing like you definitely you definitely at least have to have seen Devil's Rejects to even know what's going on. But um, I, I encourage people to check it out and to check out Devil's Rejects and House of Thousand Corpses. Um, like I said, this is this was only in theaters for three days, which is uh, becoming a bit of a trend with Rob Zombie. Because um, 31 was only in theaters for a couple days as well, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't see it in theaters. I saw it in on, like, what, Amazon Prime or something? Like, mm. um, Yeah, that's how I watched so. it um yeah it was a this, while ago but it was yeah yeah so i wish they'd they'd get like they'd be able to get a bigger theatrical release but i think he's like producing these mo movies mostly independently now not yeah he is um because like 31 was like what crowdfunded and then uh, <laughs> like so yeah I don't, I don't know he's yeah he's doing something a little different right now yeah, it's so, interesting because I don't think I mean he didn't like, I mean his movies were making money, it wasn't like they suddenly weren't. So it's interesting that he's choosing not to go that route. But yeah, I don't know. I've definitely heard that he has a hard time getting funding these days. But I mean his I his know. brand of horror, I guess, is not not to everyone's taste. Right. Um, and there's been some interesting uh, journalism going around the last week about how he's. Um, he's out of step with the current horror trend, but like in a good way, which I kind of agree with. He's still working in sort of like an exploitation horror aesthetic. Um, he's absolutely working in that aesthetic, yeah, but um, he's putting his own twist on it. He's still, um, using it to send a message rather than just for pure exploitation. And, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty good. I mean, he's he's definitely like a very unique vision in horror and he doesn't feel like anything else you watch in horror. So I don't know. I think it's, I, I, I don't know. That's a good thing right now, but I guess people don't like that. So. Yeah. Well, studios uh, so, don't like that. I should say people. Yes. Do. Yeah. Yes. It, it is. You have to prove that what you have is marketable and, uh, doing something completely different is uh not always the most marketable thing unfortunately but 
we highly encourage everyone to check out Rob Zombie's works. Um, maybe don't start with Three from Hell, but if you've seen some of his other stuff, check it out. It should be coming out on video on demand pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, his best stuff is clearly House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. Those yes. are like, I mean, those are great movies. Oh, well, okay. The Halloween remakes are also very, very good. But um, Yes, I really like the Halloween remakes. Um, yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses is always like a Halloween season watch for me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I usually but, watch Devil's Rejects too. I just like yeah. to follow them up with one another. But yeah. Yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses just feels the most Halloween y. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It, it Devil's Rejects is like night, sort of like a it. summer horror movie. It's like a. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. Um, definitely think we're going to be, I'm going to be watching that soon. And, um, Speaking of Halloween, we do have some plans that we're coming up with for special stuff we're going to do on the pod for Halloween. So stay tuned. Yeah. We've got some good stuff coming. Uh, stay tuned is written in dripping blood letters. <laughs> stay right tuned. Now. Yes. Well, just the like Goosebumps theme starts playing. It has <laughs> to be Goosebumps for some reason. Stanley, with the dog barking. Um, Stanley Uris writes, stay tuned on the wall. No, <laughs> don't say it. Don't think it. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, other. One one last thing that I've seen recently, I guess, before we get into Hustlers. Uh, I watched the Hell House LLC series this week uh, because the new the I heard the third one was coming out on Amazon or on Shutter, actually. And um, I was like, okay, I should finally check this stuff out because, you know, clearly they're good enough to get a third installment. Something's, they're doing something right. Um, and yeah, I, I like the first two a lot. <laughs> uh, the new one that just came out, I can't say I'm really a fan of. It's got like a lot, of, it's kind of like a clip show at times. You know, it reminds me of watching like that clip show episode of The Office. They just do a lot of flashbacks to the first two movies. Um, yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's It's got the one good thing it does is it provides like kind of a cool ending to the whole trilogy. I don't know if they plan on continuing from here, but if they don't, then it provides like a good wrap up ending. Yeah, they probably is, will. Which is not always something you get in a found footage film. Um, but yeah, the first two actually like were pretty scary i thought which is i really like the first one i haven't seen the second yeah. one it's it's not easy to to scare me these days so yeah i liked it um yeah so we're definitely going to be discussing more horror movies coming up halloween season i'm watching a lot i'm sure you are too yeah, um, i'm in the midst of a buffy rewatch i'm actually watching american horror story for the first time in six seasons it's great yeah. Yeah it's, all, yeah, it's all happening. Um, I'm going I mean, to. I'm so excited for my yearly tradition of getting into American Horror Story and then five episodes in being like, what on earth is this? Come on. Yeah, I'm and then I, I have. This is the first time I've even started a season since I, I got two episodes into Hotel and I was like, this is really shitty. And so I stopped. So I have not even like started a season since Hotel. So this is the first time. And I got to say, the first episode was really good. It was a blast. So. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I, it is like the the most torn I've ever been about a 
TV series, like as to whether it's watchable or not. There's a lot really, really good that goes on in American Horror Story, but uh, there there's some there's some boring stretches and some just unbelievable stretches. I really um, hope this. I I this I is eighties camp slasher. In the first episode, we had plot details lifted from like I know what you did last summer type stuff. We had we had a Halloween plot element. We had Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, it was like all over the place. It was campy. It was great. Um, it's fun. Good. Yeah, it's yeah. gross. It's brutal. So, um, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna have to check it out. I mean, they always start strong. That they always if they uh, can just keep the '80s aesthetic, it will earn my attention for the whole season is all i'll say because that's like my 80 slashers are like my thing so this is they're up my alley now and that's the first time they've been up my alley since i don't know asylum honestly like well freak show could have done it but freak show was so bad that i like couldn't like i just couldn't do it so i haven't let them up my alley in a long time oh god <laughs> American. Moving on. Speaking of alleys. <laughs> Speaking of alleys, um, we saw Hustlers last week, and um, this um, this movie is making quite a splash right now. It is. Um, this is the American crime slash stripper drama, starring uh, Constance Wu and. Um, Jennifer Lopez. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. I'll definitely say that it's a lot of fun. That's true. It is a lot of fun. There's a lot. It's honestly surprisingly funny. Um, I mean, it's sort of like, oh wow, hot. T- it's like a significantly better version of Magic Mike. Like if Magic Mike, <laughs> like. I like Magic Mike. I do. Right. Um, But Magic Mike wanted to be like a movie that lured you in with like hot bodies. And then like. Told you a touching story. Exactly. And wanted to twist on you and give you a touching story with like, like some like moral truths in there or something like that. Like about like, I don't know, like it wanted to be like a serious thing and talk about like the dangers of like drugs and all of that. Um, This Hustlers also sort of did that except for like it actually had the like the smarts to like weave it's like dramatic thread through the entire movie instead of throwing it at you in like the third act and thinking that that was gonna stick like magic mike (laughs) was just like fun 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 heavy and i was like jesus christ Um, and it also (laughs) managed to be like to keep being funny and fun even when things were getting like really heavy during hustlers yeah yeah Um, yeah i agree with that so the basic premise of this movie is that uh like constance Wu is um playing like this up-and-coming stripper in the nightclub and uh Jennifer Lopez is like the more experienced stripper who takes the her first, her like, wing. Man, that first Jennifer Lopez scene. <laughs> <laughs> that that one dance she does is absolutely amazing. She like kills it. And th- I, you know, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about the dance, but that's true. This is about to show like just this is like the gayest thing I could possibly be about to say. <laughs> but like, I'm not even thinking about when she did that really great dance, which was super hot. And I loved it. Um, 
but she also when Constance Wu goes up onto the roof and she's sitting there in that big fabulous coat <laughs> and just like smoking on the rooftop lounging her body just like draped over like this big lounge chair for some reason it is yeah. just like the best shot I have ever seen okay, yes that like, was iconic <laughs> But yes, also the dance. Yes, you're right. And that's very <laughs> true. And the dance was great. And J-Lo looked great killing it. I, like, if, I mean, J-Lo is significant. I mean, she's much older than me and looks way better than I looked 10 years ago. And, yeah. like, it's amazing. She's, um, like, basically not aged in, like, 15 years. She honestly, might, I mean, we've all seen the photos going around Twitter and stuff this week, like, of her in the same green dress she wore that started Google Images. And, like, she almost might look better now. I mean, honestly. So, like, whatever. Like, um, J-Lo is a legend. But yeah. I have to say there is one scene in here Um it's about like after a flash forward where they're supposed to show like how stripping's getting harder for them. Um, it's uh, her in the strip club trying to give this guy a lap dance. And he's like, Hey, why don't you actually uh, go away? Like, we're just not feeling it right now. No offense. And I'm like, give that man an Oscar because he had to just say that he's not enjoying a lap dance from Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. I don't, I, who can, what? Um, <laughs> and also like she looked so good in that scene specifically exactly i was, I was like what and why are this that's like the least believable moment in this movie um exactly i like they because well, they didn't they didn't want to make her look bad or anything they didn't like age her up or anything for that like later scene she looked exactly the same as she always did she was dancing as well as she did before but now they just weren't feeling it i don't know <laughs> I guess the idea was just like they were like super feeling these like obviously like young girls who were like what like 22 like and they were yeah. and they weren't just 22 in like looks or anything like that because J-Lo can like match anyone like that's the looks thing is not the issue here. I think it's like the personality like J-Lo acts like she is a grown woman who is like in control of herself like right, <laughs> like right. these other this was like when she's at this point in like the stripper thing where like they're trying to bring others in because the recession has happened. And they're, like, trying to bring these, like, young girls in who are acting like younger girls. Like, yeah. So, so I, I liked how the the financial crisis was a big uh, component of this movie. Uh, I really, I, I like that this is becoming, like, this is getting worked into more movies that are set in the late 2000s now uh we're getting we're start, yeah, we're starting to get yeah. late 2000s period pieces which is a little unnerving but okay uh and yeah this is it sort of felt like a a flip side to killing him softly if you've ever seen that Ooh, um, yeah which Good also one. plays off the financial crisis i thought that would make an interesting uh double feature with killing him softly is like the more gritty like dark violent crime drama and this being like sort of a more lighthearted take on it um lighthearted is a strong word but yeah lighthearted at times it it's it's certainly fun it's a more than... palatable yes take i would yes. say yeah um because it's still just as real like it's real just from a different yeah it's very it's a very real movie these yeah. poor women <laughs> so i mean they, they go through a lot and um, and you root for them. I mean, I mean, even if they're definitely. like, they are like 
like drugging men, but like you root for them. Like, <laughs> yeah. So part of the reason we're rooting for them the whole time is when like, even though they're taking money from these guys um, first, just by like enticing them to like put up big tips or buy lots of drinks with by, you know, appearing that they might do more without actually doing more. Um, and, and then later by actually drugging some of these guys and like running a whole scam on them, which we'll get into, um, you don't really feel bad for them because these are like these high powered wall street types. And especially in, in the period yeah. after the financial crisis, when they're doing it to these guys, it's like, well, and they point this out in the movie too. They're like, well, these are the guys who like caused this whole crisis who wouldn't think twice about like wasting some old person's retirement account. So why should we care about taking money from them? Also, they're assholes. I work on the same street as half of these guys. So like, <laughs> like they all suck. So I, I shouldn't have. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> like, like it, we should not feel bad for these guys. They're, I mean, I don't know. They're just like gross men. I mean, and we see it in the movie time and time again. Like, uh, I mean, there are obviously some of these men are less gross than others. I don't think that you're like, horrible for going to a strip club or anything like that i have been to a strip club but like right. like i do think that like a lot of these men are portrayed as like you know we watch it happen in the movie like they go and like they'll go into the back room and like some of them are fine with just dancing and then some of them would be like come on why don't you just stroke it for a little bit and it's like that's disgusting and like yeah. i do not feel bad for that guy when he gets drugged and breaks a glass table like i just don't <laughs> um so good riddance to him if he got hurt um <laughs> most of the, most of the guys in this movie are pretty gross uh without exception um well one one guy in this movie who is not gross but who is a lot of fun in this movie uh was usher <laughs> when he shows up <laughs> yes so we gotta, usher we gotta mention like the usher cameo it's one of the most magical parts of this movie it is like because so the the whole movie is sort of framed in this narrative where Constance Wu's character, who is alternately Dorothy and Destiny, um, depending right. on the moment and if she's in her like stripper name, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I can understand going by Destiny as a stripper and not Dorothy if uh, you don't want to think about the Golden Girls. And so <laughs> she's talking to a reporter played by Julia Stiles, also a refreshing face to see in this movie. Um, yeah, it's been a about while since we've seen her love julia um she's and so the, she's having a conversation with this reporter and just sort of relaying her side of this story is how it's framed because this is a true story true-ish i don't know how true it is i don't know enough um but it is like based on that right so um that's it right that's true i'm not making that up i'm not yeah lying. no this um, is actually yeah, based yeah. off a real um, story yeah, yeah that's what i thought um i was like those like where they are now is at the end were not fake right um so Okay, so that's happening. And so at, where was this part of the story? Oh, so she's like, this is one of the last good nights I remember. Yeah, and like it's... right before she quits the business, at, like when she has a kid and then the financial crisis happens and she has yeah. to come back. Like before yeah. all that, the last big good thing that happens. Because basically. the way it happens is like they are having a, gr like she t goes comes under J-Lo's wing and it's like she learns from J-Lo and Cardi B in a really particularly great Cardi B scene um, <laughs> where she's where Cardi B teaches her how to like give a lap dance, essentially, um, which is a great moment. And everyone should go look forward to that on their own. Um, 
but yes. she learns completely from by their own. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a, it's a very good scene. That whole thing is great. Um, and so she's like, have it, they have like this really like high time where they're all like making great money. It's like all of these people working here at this club are just like killing it. They're great. They're not having to do anything really particularly shady at this time. Like, right. Um, I can't even remember if they're doing anything shady at this time. They're definitely not drugging people. No, um, they're not. It's just like Jennifer Lopez teaches her how to do like just the right moves to like sort of get men to want more. Uh, but still like she doesn't have to do anything more. She just has to get them to think about like one. Right. Yeah, exactly. So they're not doing any. They're just like doing their, like it's all great because this is before the recession. And so the last good night is I think it was Lizzo actually who runs and it's like Usher's here. <laughs> like, and they all go out and they all dance for Usher, every single one of them. And they and put on his music. They're playing thought. Love in this club. Um, <laughs> like, and it is a truly joyous scene. It is great. It is amazing. I love it. They're all, Usher is like throwing money on them. It's amazing <laughs> to think of this as like a reality. Like, Usher actually went there. Uh, <laughs> Don't know if this is pre or post the time that he didn't tell a woman he had an STD. Uh-oh. No idea. Um, oh no. And, um, um, <laughs> it is it is funny to think of him being like in this movie, and the producers approaching him, being like, "Hey, can you um, like be in this movie to portray yourself that time that you went to the strip club?" <laughs> I wonder if this is like a well-known strip club and like like stars circles it seems like it would be it's like what down in like the financial district like it would be a the sort right. of place that people go to and all know about um, yeah i mean like the what they establish in the movie is that like this is like one of the big strip clubs in the city so much so that uh like destiny is coming in from really far out just to get to this like to come in and work at this club because she knows she's going to make more money there Right, exactly. So it seems believable that this is the sort of place that Usher would show up randomly. Right. Um, it's also it again. It is New York City, so I mean that actually does just happen sometimes. But um, sometimes somebody walks into a bar and you're like, "What the fuck?" Um, so anyway, my favorite part of this whole thing is when J Lo's like, "What's your name?" <laughs> to Usher, and he goes, "Usher, baby." <laughs> Usher, like, maybe. <laughs> it is the single best moment of like the first half of the movie, probably. It's great. It's like Usher is making fun of himself, maybe. Like, it's awesome. It's see, a lot of fun. Yeah. See, you you get to think about like you're sitting in a bar and maybe Usher walks in. Around here, like it's a big day if like Newt Gingrich walks into the restaurant. That is the worst like fucking that. sentence I have ever heard in my entire life. I know. Life. <laughs> like I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what living in dc is like son all uh, right that is, that is literally the shittiest life <laughs> um, if new gingrich walked into a bar i said i would leave without paying my tab and be like it's actually on that guy <laughs> he wants to go to the fucking moon still so um, i've like actually run into him like three different times i'm not even joking. i can't imagine <laughs> is... seeing newt gingrich in fucking person i would start crying <laughs> like, this is the worst day of my entire oh, life no. why like... are you still alive and here <laughs> like... things were already bad enough and now you had to remind me that you're still walking around 
Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. So, yeah, but the usher, the usher scene is a lot of fun. It's really good, um, and it does mark like sort of the halfway point of the movie, right before things start getting kind of dark and uh, desperate. There so, are still some fun scenes that happen after that, but they're they have a totally different tone. There's like a right. desperation to the scenes after that that wasn't there before. Yes. It was sort of like a lot of like people doing this stripping thing and what they were doing for fun. And then after that, it's it's honestly even like that's really like the last time we see like just like plain stripping, like dancing in front of like a large crowd. After right. that, we're in back rooms. There are people maybe doing more than just dancing. Um, there's drugs involved. Like it's it becomes a totally different game after that. Yeah. So um after after this part of the movie, like God, think um, about Usher as the turning point of the <laughs> narrative. Um, that's that's he's he's the uh the omen of, of bad things to come. That he might should. be how you describe my life. That might be it. <laughs> um so um at this point, uh like shortly after this, Dorothy leaves because she's pregnant. Um, she, at this point, she's like pretty well off. She's made a lot of money from stripping. She's living with her boyfriend. They have this child. Um, and then they have some sort of falling out. She kicks him out. Um, the financial crisis happens. They're, um, running short on money. She has to go try to get a job at like a retail store, but she doesn't have any real experience. She's like trying to find a job. They're like, what kind of experience did you have like she's like oh i worked at this club uh oh what were you doing there oh you know just mostly bartending mostly <laughs> this is the most like millennial experience ever though she's like trying to get this job in a retail environment they're like we really want somebody with retail environment and she's like well how am i supposed to get retail experience if i don't have retail experience i don't understand <laughs> and I'm like, like <laughs> i feel you so much fucking been there yeah. um, <laughs> absolutely um so uh, she's having a hard time and she's basically has to go back to working at the strip club. And when, when she gets back there, it's like a totally different place. It's like a ghost town kind of. It's depressing. Uh, it's yeah, like it's very depressing. Really sad. Where before it was like totally packed and there were a lot of people there having a good time, throwing money everywhere, drinking. It's like there's like five, ten people in this huge space. Uh, like all the strippers are like illegal Russian immigrants or something and um yeah, like, she's like they're all europeans is what the dim yeah. mom says and um, <laughs> pretty much everyone is like doing extra stuff behind the scenes to make a little extra money um it's pretty much expected and like apparently even that doesn't pay very well so basically things are pretty gross and awful at this point um and that's when dorothy or destiny runs into Ramona again. Again. Oh yeah. Um is Ramona already running this scheme when they run into each other? Uh so it's the, she's not running the same not the drugging part yet. She's already so at this point it's it's not really confirmed but she comes in and she's with Lily Reinhardt's character already. Um you can see Lily Reinhardt and Lily Reinhardt plays like a blonde who wasn't there the first time around, right? Or at least not like in the first few scenes we saw. Um, yeah, yeah. And then um, Lily Reinhardt being what from Riverdale, if you watch Riverdale, um, which I do, so I know exactly who she is in Riverdale. Um, and so she 
plays like a younger stripper named Annabelle. I kept picturing the fucking scary doll every time they said her name. And she is like there with J-Lo when they come in. They are, they're bringing a guy in. And so the implication to me is that they're already doing the fishing thing where they go out and just find a guy and bring him back and entice him to spend a ton of money. Yeah. Um, like they just the, haven't started doing the drugs part yet. Yeah. They, they're like not really stripping anymore. They're just getting like a kickback from the club for getting guys to come in and spend a lot of money. Right. So what they do is they get guys to come in. They feed them a ton of alcohol. The guys will pay for everything because they just put it on his card. And then he's a certain level of drunk. So when he comes back to the club, he keeps ordering more. They're in a back room just dancing, not doing anything more. And he just keeps racking up money. And they have negotiated a large percentage of the money that he spends because of the upcharging that they can do at these sorts of clubs. So, Yeah. And so once uh, Destiny comes on board with this, they're starting to like figure out they can get more money from these guys if they can uh, they can like drug them beforehand to like make sure that they're not gonna get too frisky or demanding along the way, uh, and they'll just be sort of compliant. They drug them with a combination of MDMA and ketamine. It also helps because, like, the idea is that, like, they don't want them to remember that much from every, like, from any given trip because it's, like, then the guys will know that they shouldn't have spent as much as they did, right? Because they're, they're, like, drastically upcharging the amount that they should actually be charging to their card that should not be as much as they, that is, that is, is running. So they're trying to make sure they don't remember that they didn't buy as much as they're making it seem like he bought. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's a very funny scene in this movie where they're trying to figure out what the right combination of MDMA and ketamine is. (laughs) That's really good. (laughs) But they're like, they're like mixing up these drugs and like, they take a taste of it. They just both fall to the floor. (laughs) (laughs) okay so that didn't work all right what else um yeah that was fun there's Um, a lot there's honestly it's sort of like a montage sequence when they're trying to nail this like routine um and it's like constance Wu is destiny j-lo is ramona you have lily reinhardt as annabelle and then kiki palmer is the other like the fourth woman who's mostly involved in this like the start of this and they like first of all are a dream team they would win anyone over. I don't know how you could not be charmed by them and spend $10,000 on one night. Um, <laughs> except for the fact that I just like, don't have $10,000 to spend, but like, um, <laughs> there's a very easy explanation. Um, but, and they, they like are trying to work out like which, which girl needs to do what part of like this whole like process. And like, there's a lot of like them trying to nail the process where they'll like be trying to convince a guy to sign and they're just like cheering a guy on just to like sign his name like mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very funny and also yeah. really upsetting um <laughs> they're like figuring out how to target the guys who have extra money to spend yeah and, like figuring out which ones are like into doing drugs so they might be more willing to party with them and wake up being like well i guess i just had too much instead of being like shocked um and uh there's there's a lot of really cool editing in this sequence as well uh i liked how they they do a lot of fun stuff with them getting into the cars 
Like they get into the car and get out on the other side into the club. Yeah, uh, that's fun. Just just a lot of really fun montage sequences of them running this scam. I also uh, loved the number of like paralleling shots that we saw where one of them would be at the bar talking to the guy and be like, oh, look, my sisters. And then we would see the other three girls marching in looking like <laughs> as like good as humans can possibly look and also like not looking like they are related in any way shape <laughs> or form <laughs> um none of them look similar not a single one but that's okay yeah so um things as they often do in this sort of movie just start going downhill um even when they look like they're at the top they're making a ton of money from this scam basically um, you see them like living in very luxurious apartments, wearing yeah, okay. high fashion and everything. J Lo's apartment is fucking nuts. I gotta say, I live in an apartment in New York City. I man, I don't know what kind of money you're putting in for that, but that is fucking insane. Things really start to go downhill here when they decide that they can run this scam without involving the strip club. Yeah. Um, which like I don't know, like just from the first point that sounded like a really bad idea. Um Yes. Like, it absolutely how, how, is a bad idea. So like I'm like, how do they first of all, how do they even run this guy's credit card if they don't have like an actual business to charge it from? Um, but also like they don't have they're just like taking these guys to their actual apartments to do like run to drug them and take their money. Uh, like they're just hoping that nothing bad happens at their actual homes rather I, than taking them to a, a place of business. Yeah. It just seems like there's a lot more that you can defend yourself with at like a club, like not just like even like on a personal safety level, just like if he gets too like fucked up and can't get home and like something happens to him because he like, I don't know, like overdoses or something like that. It's very easy when you're at a club to be like, oh, like he was clubbing. So he took too much of something. We don't know what he took. It's not our fault. Yeah, like, he was at he was at a club. He was drinking a lot. Like who if knows you're at he was doing? his house and there's like, I mean, these are rich people who live in homes in upstate New York. They probably have cameras like there's going to be clear evidence that you were there. So it's going to be like, well, weren't you paying attention? What exactly happened? Like, you know. It just seems like there's a lot of like you're putting a lot of potential for liability and culpability on yourself if you go to their homes. I don't really understand why you would do that. <laughs> yeah. So, so like this starts to make things harder. Uh, some of the team drops out because they just don't want to deal with this extra risk. Um, they also have a situation where a guy uh, takes too much and tries to like fly out of the window. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, he jumps from the window onto his. He tries to get into the pool. <laughs> yeah, he totally misses. It's That's not bad. good. It's they really had to, not like, good. Drop him off at the hospital in. Oh, like this was still kind of a funny scene. Even it was, though it was also it's really played dark. very funny. It's very. It's very. I mean, it's it's funny. Like in that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where um, Leonardo and <laughs> crawling into the car. Yeah. yeah. Um, They're like trying to carry around this totally limp and passed out naked guy. And 
I like, like kept dropping just, him and stuff. They're like, I was oh, like, yeah. very afraid that whole scene. I was like, I'm afraid that like when he jumped like face first on that, he like broke his like hard dick or something. Like I was very afraid we were gonna see like something really <laughs> disturbing. And I Why just, is like, that what your mind goes to? You're like, are, oh no, he wouldn't have broken like his neck or his leg. Like have you <laughs> he broke his Okay, dick. I'm sorry, have you never had the fear? No, I mean, like that's like a real fear. I mean, I, I have had the fear, I suppose. Yeah, but... that's like a real like if you're walking and you tri- like that's the that's a fear. That's a fear that's <laughs> out there. It's all I'm saying. But if I'd <laughs> fallen off, if I'd fallen off like a two story building, that is well, not the cle- first his thing. His face I'd be was like... clearly fine. Like he was okay. clearly like no, no, his limbs weren't twisted. Like <laughs> if his lip, if one of his like knees had been like twisted outward, then yeah, I would have been like, oh shit, like that's bad. But like. He seemed physically fine. Otherwise, I was like, oh, my God, did something happen there? Like, what's going on? Like, uh, (laughs) I sure hope his dick's okay. (laughs) Okay. It would also just be, you know what? Never mind. Okay. Yeah. So his dick apparently was okay. As far as we know. We actually see it at one point. Like flop around. (laughs) Oh, good. Good. Um, Not to be looking for dick. (laughs) No, of course not. Um, So... Yeah, he, he seems to be okay, but this is like, you know, this is a big thing. And uh, like, I think some more people drop out at this point. Um, it's clear yes. that this is I, the best, the best dropout at this point is it's Constance Wu and Kiki Palmer and um, Lily Reinhardt are in the car. And Kiki Palmer's like, I'm not going in there. This is a hospital. And Constance Wu's like, we have to wait for him to at least get taken back. And Kiki's like, no, and runs across the parking lot. She just <laughs> yes. runs away, she just runs out <laughs> and runs out of the movie. Like, <laughs> That's that was a great moment. Um, it's literally iconic, and yeah. I respect her for that. So, but as a result of people dropping out, they have to bring more people on to fill out their gang. Uh, and up till now, like they had people that they could trust pretty well because they'd all worked together before. They all knew that they were reliable and that they weren't like using drugs or drinking too heavily, and that they could count on them being on time and like keeping their mouth shut. But at this point, they have to bring on some more people they don't trust quite so well, uh, some of which are quite a problem indeed. Uh, my favorite of which was Dawn, played by <laughs> Madeline Brewer, um, who fans of the pod may know previously from Cam, where she Ooh. plays a Cam girl. So uh, she's definitely sticking with the um, adult worker uh, roles here. Um, she is like a mess in this movie. <laughs> she is just an <laughs> absolute mess. Uh, she's very unreliable. She's uh like talkative about um, like she's not when she's trying to run this scam on guys. She's like just really bad at like trying to smooth talk them, and she's just like very bad at secretively dumping the drugs in their drink she just sort of like throws it in there she's like spasting um, it spastically like dipping it in she's like whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like are you okay like calm down <laughs> like swirling the drink around <laughs> uh she's also actively using drugs a lot of the time as yes. well uh mainly cocaine um so she is the one who ends up sinking them i believe um they it is her fault yeah yeah there was one guy who um like he was gonna lose his house basically because of the money that they took from him 
Um, yeah. This is the the part of the movie where you do like start to be like, oh yeah, they're actually doing some bad shit here. Um, this guy was just like, uh, he's like, I don't know uh, if I don't have a house, I can't. My daughter won't be able to visit and all this stuff, and it's pretty it's pretty upsetting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he ends up going to the police, and um, as they'd said before, like. You know who's going to take a guy seriously if they like go to the police and are like, "I was robbed at a strip club." Um, even right. if you had the guts to go to the police with that story, uh, so of course, first of all, at first the police are like, "Whatever, man." And but then he shows them the actual recording of the phone call he had with them begging for his money back, and um, <laughs> and because he was talking to Don. She was just like, so we ripped you off. Like, whatever. Like, just get over it. <laughs> it's like flat out admitting to the crime on the phone. So, uh, and then Dawn ends up like wearing a wire to, yeah. to sync them. Uh, so basically they're, they're done at that point. Um, they end up, well, Dorothy ends up taking a plea deal on this crime I think everyone else has Does to not. do their time. Yeah. But it's not like um, much time for any of them. And um, <clears throat> Dor- so Dorothy takes the plea deal, which is how we circle back to her, like giving the interview to Julia Stiles as reporter. Um, she takes a plea deal and talks about it with her afterwards. Um, but yeah, the rest don't get a ton of time either. Right. It's like, I mean, they get a lot of probation, but like actually in jail. Right. Yeah. I think it's like a year or something like that. Um, and then a lot of probation, but, um, the, the, like the, the main part of the, the interview is to establish that, um, like Dorothy and Ramona aren't really talking to each other anymore. Like they keep being like, Oh, well, what Dorothy's always like, Oh, what did Ramona say to you? Um, like what did, what did she do? Um, but at the end, the journalist Julia Stiles convinces Dorothy that Ramona is didn't uh, didn't like flip on her that like that she still wants to be friends and they end up reconciling. So I think that's actually like a good point um, to compare this to like other like crime dramas and things that have come out. You know, there's a lot of crime dramas out there and a lot of them that are focused on men are about like the mob and things like that. And there is a lot of flipping and that's like the big thing. Right. Um, and that's just like, it's interesting that they, they set up this movie where you think that Constance Wu's character is doing that the whole time. Like she's flipping, she's like snitching on all of them and like trying to wrap them out so that she can just like protect herself. And then in the end, it's really not, like that at all you know you find out a lot about um destiny and her past of like not really having like close family and friends um she has i mean we didn't even bring up like the destiny's grandmother situation um which is just like a really sweet and touching through line in this whole movie um right um, her just like trying to support her grandmother and keep right the whole reason she's stripping is because she has a daughter and a grandmother that she wants to support right um I mean, the daughter comes later, but the grandmother is the whole time. But, um, so, you know, that's the whole reason she's doing this. And that, and her grandma is a delightful plot piece in general. I mean, that whole scene at Christmas with her grandma is 
beautiful. It's a great moment. Um, it's just like a room full of like really happy women, which is really exciting to see. Um, and so, um, yeah. And so it's just nice that this isn't like a movie where it's like, you know, like, I don't know, like Goodfellas where it's just like all of these guys, like eventually like sort of like don't trust one another or like even like recently the kitchen where like all of these women in the end didn't really like trust one another by the end of the movie. Right. They were all like, can we trust you? Can we do this? Can we do that? And this movie, it's like, they weren't sure, but by the time it, it ends, it's like, they really only could have trusted one another though. They were the only people like, and the whole problem was that they'd brought other people into it in the first place. Um, which was like a nice, a nice change. It was, yeah, it was like a, it was actually like an uplifting movie in a lot of ways. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was good to see like a, like a positive ending to this movie after all the darkness we got and that like they were able to still be friends at the end of it. Yeah. Because uh, even though that like, even in like the big scene where like JLo's where Ramona and destiny have like, their like fight sort of where Destiny's like, I took the plea deal and Ramona's like, how could you do that? It ends with them hugging. Like it doesn't, that's even like before they stop talking, you know, like that's when they, that's why they stop talking. Obviously it ends with Ramona is like, oh, you did this for your kid and hugs her and walks away. And I, I think it's like this moment of it's like they understand one another, uh, which I think is like different than a lot of crime dramas do not end up with the people who are in cahoots staying close. Like, right. um, and I think that it's I think it's both. I just think it's like a nice change of pace. I think it's also obviously there's a gender statement being made there. Like, yeah. like and there, you know. there are women who are supporting each other, exactly. Uh, even when like they fall out at times, right? Uh, which I think is good. Um, I think it's great. And like, then you you get a lot of that in this movie. A lot of positive uh, women, even in a movie about uh, women drugging people and stealing their money. Well, uh, because like we've said, it's hard to feel bad for the men in this sort of situation. Um, women are clearly the victims. <laughs> Except for the guy who genuinely was going through a divorce and needed his house and lost all of his money and couldn't have a house. Like, that's a whole other thing. Like, that's like that moment where it's like, but that's after it's gone too far, right? Yeah, Yeah, I think that's part of like showing like how they've sort of gone off the rails. They're not like just getting the guys who are like fully loaded and like couldn't care less that they lose $10,000. Aren't they like going after JP Morgan at one point And then they're going after like this guy, like there's like a huge difference in those two things. Yeah. Right. Um, well, cause at <laughs> so. first they're, they're specifically targeting guys that they already know from the, like the strip club. Um, so they know that like that they have the money, they know their whole situation. And a lot of these guys even come back afterwards because like they don't care. That's yeah, they form regulars. They That's like the whole uh, thing. But then it's like once stu- stuff starts getting sketchy, the regulars don't want any more to do with it, and they have to start like fishing for random guys in bars. And that's when they start targeting some people that are less deserving, perhaps. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we can't say that these are necessarily the best people in this movie. I, I wouldn't recommend anyone here to go out and drug people and steal their money. But, of course not. No, you know, <laughs> but they can. You can still see them as sympathetic characters. You can see what they've been through, how they're trying to survive. Um, and while they do, you know, use their newfound wealth to buy some extravagant things, they're also just doing this to survive, like to support the people who depend on them, 
and to make money the only way they know how, basically. I mean, yeah, it's hard to make money out there. So yeah. that is the way they know. You gotta hustle. It makes sense. Gotta hustle. That, <laughs> that's the word. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so this movie is doing very well right now. Uh, it's getting rave reviews. It's made a lot of money so far. Um, but yeah, everyone's hype of hype on it. So that's yeah. exciting. Good for it. I highly recommend anyone interested to go check it out. Uh, it's cer- it's certainly not for everyone. It is a little salacious. Uh, but it's honestly not that bad though. It's it's not as bad as you expect. It's not like lurid. It's not no. like exploitative. And it is directed by a woman. And so I think that like the stripping scenes are shot pretty respectfully and tastefully. Um, I mean, they're, they're still appealing. I mean, that JLo, I mean, that JLo scene really is like, it's, it's very, very attractive to look at, but like, yeah, it's definitely not like, it's not like gross. Right. And, And what I thought was really good was like when, even when they hinted at the fact that like, girls were being pressured into like performing sexual services or whatever. They didn't really get into showing a lot of that. No, they just no. sort of like hinted it's at just it. Hinted at, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that part of the movie, while like, you know, that it's going on, you don't see a lot of it. So it's not, you know, it, it's, it's mild on the sexuality and like the sexual offensiveness in the movie for perhaps. a movie about stripping. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's a lot of fun. Great movie. Highly recommended. Yeah. There's not a lot else out right now that I would really say is worth going to. Didn't uh, Ad Astra just come out? Oh, yes. Okay, right. I can't. I've heard very good things. I need to check it out. It's unfortunately yeah, I haven't seen not, it yet either, but, um, not at the theater right next to me. So I've got to go a little further, but I definitely think I'm going to check that out soon. Yeah, I'm hoping to um, see it in the next week. Um, but... Yeah, it just came out and it's getting good reviews. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. I did see the Downton Abbey film. I which... can't believe you did that. <laughs> uh, that was more. I Lauren's can't believe you've done this. My... I can't believe you've done this. Uh, that was more Lauren's thing than mine. Uh, I've never seen an, a single episode of the show, but did the movie uh, even makes sense. Yeah, I think the movie made sense. I mean, I thought they did a pretty good job of like letting you know who the characters were without. Okay. Um, having any backstory um i did feel like they had to like sort of cram a lot of storylines into this movie and like the first 20 minutes there's like not a lot that happens but uh it wasn't bad it was just fun. full disclosure there's like not a lot that happens at downtown abbey okay yeah i, I kind of figured that i was like i i see i see what the it's the definitely like a, it, i i liked i watched i think two seasons of that show and i genuinely liked it but it's definitely just like a a drama i mean i don't know i don't know it's just like it's yeah. not my kind of show um yeah i don't know they, i did were... i liked it just because i wanted to watch like maggie smith walk around and be like awesome right like, yes no. maggie smith <laughs> was very good in this movie um every like pretty much everything she said had the and the production laughing. design like can't be beat like it's it's gorgeous to look at oh yeah definitely every it's... costume every set piece it's great um, mm-hmm. so very nice um, that one is, I believe, what is currently leading the box office. Um, Downton Abbey, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I think I haven't hit it into the box office. Um, yeah. I kind of thought it was gonna like not do that well, just because it was like, why are we doing this? But um, wow, I guess everyone loved it. I need to remember that. I need to remember yeah. that people loved Downton Abbey the whole time; they never stopped. 
Um, yep. And there is also a new Rambo movie out. Um, yeah, I don't which... know if really talk about that. But... <laughs> I had no idea this was even coming out, so I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. I've, I've never seen a Rambo movie, so I don't... Hold on. I don't have anything to say about it. You've but... never seen a Rambo movie? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. Might have to fix that soon. Yeah. That's insane to me. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. I don't know what to make of this. You know what? You know what? Stuff happens. Yeah. We, we all Lion have our King, gaps. The Lion King is six at the box office still. Just so How are people still seeing this movie? I mean, <laughs> I actually okay. feel like it's time for me to like jump out of my fourth story window. Like, you know what, people? We put out a whole podcast about why not to see the Lion King movie, and yet you're still out there seeing it. I don't know. I don't know what to think. Oh, people, um, the the critics' consensus is good for Downton Abbey. That's so nice. <laughs> good for Downton. I'm so happy for it. Yeah, that's not bad. The cast is so pretty. They're so fun to look at. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed those two seasons. Yes, there is even a small gay storyline in. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Michelle Dockery is involved in that, so I'm like gonna see it eventually. Um, I really like her. Yeah, go see Downton Abbey and Ad Astra, I guess. And then you can go see Abominable. Uh. (laughs) Is Abominable good? I don't know. It's got an 81% right now. Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, Go see Hustlers if it's still Working with admittedly admittedly familiar ingredients, Abominable offers audiences a beautifully animated and overall engaging adventure that the whole family can enjoy. The whole family, Teddy. So I don't know how you could go wrong. If um, you're in a family, go see it. Um, <laughs> if you're not, then fuck you. Um, fuck you. <laughs> um, don't go see the Goldfinch. I'll tell you that. Oh, uh, I might. I might go see the Goldfinch just because I don't want Ansel Elgort to cry. I but... do kind of like seeing like bad, super dramatic movies. That's like a personal joy of mine. Like, Mommy Dearest is amazing, so... Um. I sometimes do, too. And you know what? I, As I've mentioned before, I like checking out movies that have unexpectedly low Rotten Tomato scores because sometimes you find something really interesting on the other end. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say that one of the most entertaining movies of all time was a drama that went fully off the rails. It's known as The Room, and <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> if you if you deprive the best films of every low rated drama i'm telling you now you're gonna miss the next room because the right. time will come when we have a next the room and i also thoroughly enjoyed serenity this year after oh yeah horrible horrible performance <laughs> uh but wow was that a wild ride uh, oh. I, st- I still recommend people go see that um or watch it at home because it's at home now but uh, it's at home it doesn't home. matter if you want to see it it's in your it's, fucking it, home <laughs> a copy of the blu-ray has been placed in your house god it's that's like... so frightening this is like the <laughs> ring part three the, yeah. the video just appears in your home there we go <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah i don't know i might check that out but we we've got a lot of other good movies coming up soon i think we're getting into the fall movie season a lot of horror we, movies coming up. A lot of big action. We've movies. got the big horror movie stretch, and then we've got the big um, 
just the big movie stretch all of the good stuff yeah. comes out around thanksgiving and christmas seasons all um, the award season fair and then the like award that. season stuff yeah because mm-hmm. i say the good stuff when i say around thanksgiving and christmas but what i mean is the stuff they want to make big money like cats um <laughs> the un- good you know the good stuff like cats um cats could still be very good i i'm not convinced it's bad yet you're just saying that because there's a taylor swift part of it yeah i know that i'm a little biased about that but like i'm not convinced it's gonna be bad i'm not the trailer didn't look terrible uh we do Uh, have some actually like big things coming up though uh joker comes out very soon oh god Uh, joker in the sky is coming up very soon and that's getting big a big push another space movie yeah yeah it's the reviews Mm. are not good though um alas the adams family isn't far off i am maleficent we've got zombie land double tap coming up hello wow yeah i saw the trailer for that looks pretty good actually it looks good it looks good we've got i'm so excited for jesse eisenberg to be on the big screen in a movie i actually want to see again jesse eisenberg somehow has not aged in 10 years Um, yeah i mean i say that but the art of what self-preservation was genuinely a good movie and everybody should go see that but like um and that was only a few months ago but i just love jesse Eisenberg. oh the art of self-defense not preservation Um, yes eisenberg is good and he's great so excited to see him in another movie where he's not playing lex luther so (laughs) thank god um edgy lex luther god i fucking hated that um with the terminators november 1st you know we've got some big stuff coming up charlie's angels starring the three best women ever i don't know one of them but the other two are great um (laughs) i'm sure she's great too whoever she is she has to be (laughs) i think she's british um so (laughs) it's gonna be good we've got some good stuff Uh, coming up yeah yeah good times ahead um i are you ready for it taylor well, swift 2017 <laughs> are you ready for the onslaught that's going to come when the joker movie is released i'm genuinely yeah. not fucking ready it's like <laughs> this is like there's just like so much shit already swirling around this movie and like i get it in some regards like we live in a a rough time we um, live in a society we sure do fucking live in this fucking society. Um, and like, I get that certain things about this movie are happening. Like, um, there's a certain movie theater that's not showing it. And I understand that. And like, um, they don't want to show a movie because it says that it, it apparently it has a mass shooting in it. So they don't want to show this movie because there was a mass shooting in their theater. I get that. Um, I think that there's also a lot of things that are happening when people haven't seen the movie yet that we maybe just need to calm down for like, a second i mean i shouldn't say that that's really insensitive so um but i just haven't seen the movie yet and i don't want to make any final calls on it and i don't like all of the like everybody yelling about it already like right but like i i so my take on it is i think like everyone is perfectly fine to be like offended or upset by this movie in whatever way but that there are people out there who are actively calling this movie dangerous which is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I, like, pe- people have been saying this sort of thing for decades about like whatever the latest edgy movie that came out is. Yeah. And it's not going to be any more true this time. And I think that I was, 
I mean, it's like a, a sort of a hot take, but like a lot of the same people who are calling this movie dangerous are the same people who, when Republicans say that video games cause violence, are like, no, media doesn't cause violence. Yeah. So exactly. You can't you can't have it both of those ways. You just can't. And like maybe crazy people are who want to shoot up something are gonna identify with the character of the Joker. But they're already identifying with the character of the Joker in another medium. They're already yeah. doing it. There's nothing this movie is going to do that's going to change that. Just get guns off the fucking street, politicians. Right. That's it's all. Not, I mean, like, <laughs> it's not like there's totally normal people watching these movies and being like, "Oh, right, I should go kill a bunch of people." These are already disturbed people who are just looking for things to identify with. Yeah. You're not going to get them to be less disturbed by not releasing any movie that might push the boundaries or be a little violent. Right. It's just, but it's I agree with happen. you that people can be as offended as they are. Like, I mean, that's all valid, mm-hmm. obviously. And I haven't seen the movie. I've read some reviews. I don't like to read a ton of, I don't like to read in depth reviews before a movie. I just don't like yeah. to go in and like, I don't want to be spoiled. I don't know what to expect. I don't want my thought process to be tainted. So, um, I haven't read that much. I have read some critical and I've read some very positive uh, thoughts on it. So I don't, I don't really know what I'm supposed to think yet. Um, <laughs> so I won't know until I see it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, exactly the same. I, I try to withhold judgment and to avoid reviews beforehand. So I, I don't have anything to say about what the movie's going to be like. I just, I, th- I have to, wait. I think the bigger problem is just yeah. that it's a movie about the Joker. Um, the Joker has a certain reputation in social circles on the internet, you know, like right. we all know the sort of people who love the Joker a little too much. We know yeah. those people. We know that they are the kind of people that we worry about having access to guns, you know? Um, so like, I understand why there's fear about it, but I haven't seen it yet. And I, I have trouble imagining that this movie like wants you to really like the Joker. Exactly. Um, I I don't, I really doubt that it's just going to be like, yes, you should be just like this guy. He's a real winner. Uh, I I mean, like I said, haven't seen it, but I think it's going to be a little more complex. I think, I think the point is a lot of people make that it's trying to ask you to identify with him. And I, I get that, but movies have been trying to ask you to identify with the villain for years. Right. I don't know that Joker is any different until i've seen it i mean it's it's already being compared to taxi driver uh and i don't think that you could really make the argument that like martin scorsese wants you to be like travis bickle or thinks that uh travis (laughs) i can i think we can actually go out on a limb and say that martin scorsese actively wants you to be as opposite travis bickle as you can possibly be um that's not a good guy and I yeah. think the movie makes it clear that he does not think that, yes. that he's a good guy. Um, so, so, yeah, I think we can just all take a step back, chill out a bit, watch some movies. Like, that said, if that's doesn't always have to if be you a have a thing. if you do not want to see a movie that might have a mass shooting, that's also fair. Yeah. And yeah. Watch whatever see, you you should not go see Joker if that's not something you want to see. I haven't seen it. Whatever yet. you want to watch. Absolutely. I don't know how the mass shooting plays out we all know that it exists in the movie because we've all read the articles by now but if that's not something you want to see don't go see it and that's totally fair too um i'm not meaning to demean that at all absolutely 
we'll we'll see what comes of that soon. I'm sure that um, <laughs> there's there's already been a lot of mess about this. I'm sure that it'll only draw higher as we draw nearer. But uh, we'll keep tabs on that, and we'll let you know how, what else we've seen this week when we come back to you next week. We sure um, will. But until next time, we'll see you at the movies. See you at the movies.